Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Sober is Dope podcast with your host, Pop Buchanan. Today's episode is very short. It's an episode where I want to reflect on a memory and I want to give you guys some perspective. I recently posted a picture on the internet and it's a picture of me when I was younger, approximately six and a half years ago. I was 10 days into my sobriety and it was on Christmas Day. And, you know, looking at the picture and, you know, actually looking at myself, it really brought me back to that moment in time. And that picture is in is truly worth a thousand words. And I just want to talk about this picture because this will be the actual artwork that you guys should go back and reflect for this episode. And why this picture was important to me, you know, it was like a coming of age moment because this is 10 days into my sobriety. Um, I'm a whole new person. This whole experience is new. Um, I came from a really traumatic situation of being on an alcoholic binge for the past two or three years. Um, I lost so much. At this point, I'm pretty much estranged from my family, my friends, and everyone. Um, you know, and to give it full context, you guys can listen to the first episode of this podcast entitled My Sober is Dope Story. But just for to keep it short and for context purposes, at this particular point in my life, it was the first time I was revealing myself to anyone, whether it was family or friends. So I want to just go back a little bit and give you guys some perspective. And the, the purpose of this episode is simple. It's very short and sweet, but never give up, ladies and gentlemen, and never lose hope. All right. And sometimes we could use our past to as a launch pad for our future success. And this picture for me and in this picture, particularly for me, I, I really look young. I look like almost I, the current me. That was my son. I look like if I was looking at my son or a little brother and it was as if I was hatching. I was I was being reborn. I was I was a newly born newly minted again in this new thing called sobriety and you know December 15th 2019 would be my seven year anniversary um and looking at this picture just brought me all the way back and it was a sacred thing and you know I just want to talk to you guys about this particular day and what brought me to this day in this photo um As you guys know, my sober date is December 15th, 2012. And that was the day I decided to go into um, um, detox. And I spent three days in detox. And on the fourth day, I was sent to what they call a three-quarter house. Right? So this is my first week. And I was sent to this three-quarter house. And the three-quarter house was the... Um, outpatient residency for the rehab program that I was in. And as you guys know, if you listen to the first episode, but for anyone that's new, um, in my darkest hour, I gave my life to God. I surrendered. Um, I admitted I was powerless and I asked for a creative miracle. And God gave me that creative miracle. 
and God changed my life and I felt like I had some spiritual anointing and I just pretty much felt like I was blessed with a miracle to survive and I immediately listened to the spiritual voice that I heard that asked me to go to find a detox center and I went to a Catholic hospital because I come from a Catholic family and a hospital and the ladies and gentlemen there helped me to get into detox without any insurance or anything and into a rehab and I did everything from the ground up. Excuse me, ladies and gentlemen, I'm battling a cold right now. But um, so I say that to say, you know, um, I was in this three quarter house and it's like a shelter. You live in a room with four other gentlemen. It was a new experience and I didn't care. I was just happy to be on this to, to, to start a new journey. And this is the first time in my life where I knew in my mind I didn't want anything to do with alcohol ever again. I identified it as an evil entity and I understood that I was allergic to it and I wanted a total do-over with my life. And I made a pact with God and I simply said, if you get me through this, God, I'll never betray you and I'll never drink again. That's a, a, a guarantee I could give you if you could get me through this. And part of me at the time didn't believe I could actually come out on the other side seemingly unscathed and saved and, re- and redeemed. But I did. And I am. I am saved, unscathed and redeemed by the mercy and power of the creator of all things and God as I know him. And I love God and I believe in a creative force and that creative force and that spirit helped me. Right. So. I'm lucky. So I'm in this three-quarter house, and I remember I had a bag of clothes that I dropped by one of my friends' house. And this was while I still was in addiction. I was I lost my place, so I had nowhere to put any of my things. I remember I had this emergency garbage bag full of some of my decent clothing. And um, I asked my friend to save it, and I totally forgot about that. But as I was sobering up, I knew I had this one outfit I remember I had this um, this um, t- I had a I had a T-shirt and one sweater and a pair of jeans and this, these gray sneakers. That's all I had to my name. No ID, no money, no phone, nothing. I started my whole life over with just an idea and a hope that I could be redeemed, and I'm and I want to rebuild my life. And me being a kid that came from living in a duplex apartment in Fort Greene, having his own brownstone running the real estate empire. Here I am with just one outfit, right? So, you know, we went from kind of like a riches to rag story. But that's all good. That's cool. So, I go pick up these clothes for my friend and I start rebuilding my life. But at this point, my family, they don't have an idea where I'm at, what I'm doing. My girlfriend does it. No one that I know. I literally just one day... Before I was homeless, before I went too, before I went further in my addiction, and I'm at a rock bottom point, I decided to just go, listen to God, pray, go to this hospital, try to get help. The people at the hospital is very merciful, so I got the help. Now, you know, I'm so I got these clothes. And I'm in this new three-quarter house, and I have to go to this program, and I have to go to an outpatient facility to get treatment and stuff like that. And 
this is all new to me, but it's kind of exciting because I have something to do. And my own, my only objective from this point to now was to maintain my sobriety, learn everything about addiction that I could so I could be triumphant in my recovery. Right. I didn't want to kind of wing this. I didn't want this to be a maybe if or this was my last chance and I wanted to nail it. I wanted to get straight A's in my recovery and I wanted to come out on the other side. And I was very committed, right? Because this was my final miracle. I needed this miracle. God threw me a Hail Mary. I threw a Hail Mary. And I said, well, if I come out on the other side, I'm going to be a champion. So, you know, I had to go to my, my outpatient facility. I had to come back every day with a curfew. I had to do all of these things. Then I started going to AA that same week. So by day four, five, and six, I'm going to AA. I'm going to my outpatient. I'm coming back. I'm, uh, I'm trying to get insurance. I'm going through the process with the HRA in New York. I'm going through with all of this stuff to get to the next level, right? But this is December, right? So two weeks away is Christmas time. So I'm doing all of this during the holiday season. And I'm all by myself. And I want to keep this episode short. So I want to kind of get to the point of the episode, which is the 10 days in the photo. And that inspired me to tell this story. You know, I was a little nervous because I knew. All right. I started my sobriety on December 15th. Now we're close to like December 20th, the first five days. I know five days from now is Christmas. And it's, I know it's so easy to relapse during Christmas. I could have just went by because now at this point, I've started to look better. I got my old clothes. No one have seen me for uh, about almost a month at this point because I was pretty much on the street at this point and sleeping on my friend's floor. So I could just knock on someone's door and say, hey, what's up? What y'all doing? Merry Christmas. And just act like nothing happened and start drinking. Right. No one would have said anything. They said they would have said, you look good. You look clean. What's going on with you? Nothing. You know, just chilling, you know, and had a drink. But for me, I wanted to make sure I did not relapse during Christmas. And the only possible way that could happen is through AA. Right. So in my area, my actual childhood church is a Catholic church that I grew up in. They have a chapter of AA there. So I felt pretty much at home there because when you go to the AA, you don't have to see any of the parishioners from the church. You just see the people that's within AA. So no one, I wouldn't be embarrassed if anyone seen me there because no one knew me in the Alcoholic Anonymous chapter of my church. But the, what Alcoholic Anonymous did for us on Christmas Day, which was my 10th day of sobriety, um, they threw a feast. They threw a big party where you could come and eat and you could have fellowship because they wanted to make sure people who were in recovery had a place to go where they were safe during the holidays so they wouldn't relapse. And for me, this was a safe haven. So I remember, thank God my friend kept my clothes because remember, as you guys know, I was a real estate guy. So I had some cool stuff. I had, I still had my blazers, my cardigans, my little khakis, my little shades. I was smooth. I had, I still had a pair of shoes luckily in there, um, in that bag. So I put on my best pair of khakis. I ironed them up. 
iron up my cardigan, iron up my um my my sports coat, my sports jacket, and I polished my shoes. I went and had one of the guys from the three quarter house or something give me a haircut or something. I don't remember how I got a haircut, but I remember I I, I managed to get twenty dollars from a family friend. That's the only person that saw me and knew that I was out of rehab, and I think I saved ten of that, ten of ten of those dollars for a haircut. So I had this awesome haircut, and I walk into AA, and I am, t- and it's Christmas Day, and I'm ten days sober, and I'm a brand new person, and I'm scared, I'm nervous, and I'm all by myself, but I was hopeful. And you had all of these titans of AA there lined up. The old ladies coming in with their gowns on. The gentlemen is dressed to the tee with their suits. You could smell the coffee brewing. The food is everywhere. There's, there's people lined up and they have this panel of speakers giving their sober testimonies. And they was very welcoming. And I just sat there and I spoke to people and I was at home. And I was safe. Because my goal at this point on Christmas Day as a Catholic kid who grew up believing and loving God was not to relapse. So I was at home. So this is Christmas Day. Oh, before I say before I say anything else, I did go to church that morning. So let me bring it back. I get I get my clothes. I leave the three quarter house. I get up extremely early that morning. And I go to a church in Manhattan and I go see an old family friend, someone that, that's really dear to me. And they're devout Catholics. And I have breakfast with them. And I spend time with them because I wanted to go to church and I wanted to pray. So there's a spiritual component where I have this gratitude and I want to pray. And then from there, I went to the three-quarter house. So this is 6 a.m. in the morning. So... I remember the AA thing started close to, I think, 10 a.m. They wanted, they wanted it from all day, from 10 in the morning all the way to the night. They wanted you on Christmas Day to have a place to be. So I leave Manhattan. I get back on a train. I go to Brooklyn to my chapter, and I go to this AA, and it's beautiful. You have these people speaking and everything. So I stay there all the way to 8 o'clock that night. But it's Christmas Day, right? And I start thinking to myself, um, boy, wouldn't it be good to see my family? Would it not be great to see my mother and my brothers and sisters? And I, at this point, I've been talking to just strangers all day and, and I'm in fellowship with other people. But it's Christmas Day and you want to be with your family. But a lot of my family members haven't seen me and they were they didn't know where I was at. And I wasn't in the best terms with my, 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 my parents. I wasn't on the best terms with some of my siblings. And I was just estranged because addiction removes you from harmony. And it, it, it takes you out of alignment sometime with family and friends because, you, you know, you're hurting yourself and you're in your addiction and you're in your own way. So it's 8 o'clock. I'm dressed beautifully. I look like a million bucks and feel like a million bucks. I'm riding this wave of God's miracle in my recovery. I'm so new. I'm still tired. I'm still pulling it together. But I have a lot of energy because I'm excited and I'm sober. This is my 10-day story, right? And I go to a payphone. And I call my sister. And when the phone rings, I go, hello. She goes, hello. And I go, hey, what's up? It's Poppy. 
And she goes, oh my God, Poppy, where are you? What are you doing? I said, is there any possible way can I come home? You know, is there any possible way I could come home? Because I just want to see my family. And, um, you know, um, wow. And she's like, of course. So I take that walk, you know, I'm in Brooklyn. So my home is about, you know, a good 10 minute walk from this church. And I ring that doorbell and my whole family is there. My mother, my older brother, my younger brothers, my sisters, my nieces, my nephews. Everyone is there. It's a big feast. It's a big banquet. And I walk in like the prodigal son, brand new. And my mom almost faints. She goes into tears you know, they really had to sit her down and really like talk to her because she, she just felt so, she felt joy, but also sadness because I was estranged for a little bit and I looked so beautiful and I put myself together and I was like an injured person. You know, I was, you could tell I went through so much and I'm here and I'm trying and my family comes around me and I tell everyone my story. I say, look, I was in rehab. I'm in rehab for a year you know, they let me come out because it's Christmas and I was in the hospital and I'm sorry for anything I ever did to you guys. And I love you all. And I, I was in a bad way, but I'm committing my life to recovery. I'm committing my life to God. And if you guys could trust me, you know, I'm not going to give you guys any more trouble. I'm, I want I want to shoot straight and I, and I promise I'm a new person. And they fed me and they said, we have to take a picture of you. And I put my two hands up and I'm like, this goes out to you. And they take the photo. That's the artwork of this podcast. And that photo, when I look back, brings up all these emotions because it's real easy to forget where we come from, our humble beginnings in recovery. And these are the reasons why I would never relapse. And this is what keeps me active in my recovery. And this is why sober is dope. And this is my 10-day story. On Christmas Day, December 15th, 2012, I was 10 days in my recovery. And I went back and made amends to my whole entire family in one time. And they accepted me with open arms and the rest is history. So ladies and gentlemen, if you're out there and if you're struggling and by any chance, if you feel like you hurt people and there's no coming back, there's always hope. But you have to make amends and you have to do the work. And part of forgiveness is being contrite. All right. And being able to not when you ask for forgiveness, you shall be forgiven from God and family as long as you're willing not to commit that sin or that thing that you're asking for forgiveness again. You have to be willing to stick to your word and believe in yourself and build trust again. And I wanted to do this podcast today to let you ladies and gentlemen know that if you're struggling with addiction, miracles do happen. I'm a walking miracle and God is absolutely good. My name is Pop Buchanan. This is my 10 day sober story and it's a beautiful Christmas story. And I wanted to share it with you guys today um, on the Sober's Dope podcast. Thank you for being with me. Thank you for loving me. 
Thank you for sharing my story with me. Everyone that listens to this podcast, I see you. I see the numbers going up. You guys are reaching out to me on social media. I want every individual to know I love you all. And every time you take a moment to listen to me and share this podcast, you're helping the collective. All right. This podcast is about spreading the message of sobriety and all its wonders throughout the whole world. I love you guys. All right. This is the Sober is Dope podcast. I'm your host, Pop Buchanan, and I'm going to catch you guys on the other side. God bless.